When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to a brand new episode of Olympic Gold and Blue here on the Pit Talk Network. I am Corey Cohen, thrilled to be talking pit volleyball this week with my co-host for this one, James Santelli. James, thank you so much for joining us yet again on what is uh, going to be a recurring role for you throughout this pit volleyball season. Absolutely, Corey. Happy to be here to talk with you about it. So since we last talked, there were a couple big matches that Pitt Volleyball played that for uh, fans who maybe didn't watch or fans who did, we, we got to talk about them because they were some pretty incredible displays of skill from Pitt Volleyball. The thing that was coming right up after our last recording was the doubleheader with Kentucky. They were playing a home-and-home, home, one match in Lexington, one match at the Peterson Events Center. This was 15th-ranked Kentucky, and Pitt Volleyball beat them in both. They swept them in Lexington, and they won three games to one, three sets to one up in Pittsburgh. James, what were your takeaways from both of those matches and what Pitt was able to do against the Wildcats? Well, Pitt was really sharp in pretty much all aspects of the game, uh, particularly down in Lexington. Even though they lost one of their key players, middle blocker Bree Kelly, the Florida transfer, early on in that match in Kentucky, they didn't look much worse for the wear. They were really clicking, and it was pretty clinical there to win that road half of the home-and-home. And then back here at the peak, it was strong as well. The they were not able to uh, sweep them like they were down in Lexington. Kentucky took them the distance and, and set two to win that one. But Pitt didn't back down, and they were very strong in set three and held their own to win in set four. And overall, it was just fantastic to see the home debuts of a couple of uh, the freshmen coming in, Olivia Babcock and Tori Stafford. They clicked right away. They didn't look like uh, the moment was too big for them or anything of that sort. And so that was them getting into the mix and, and really proving something well for, for the freshmen. Absolutely. And as you said, the resilience that it showed from the squad after just barely dropping that second set, and then you've got the break and you're not sure how it's going to go. And the fact that they were able to, to turn that around and turn it into a victory. And as you said, home debuts, it's kind of wild because they've been playing since late August that this would be a home debut, but they were in Montana and then the uh, the match in Lexington. So really exciting for those freshmen, as you said, a home debut at the Pete in front of thousands of fans. Just, a, I mean, a really cool atmosphere from, from everything that it seemed. I wasn't there, but you were, and, and it seemed like an exceptional atmosphere. It was. It was the second largest home crowd in pit volleyball history. The only bigger one was when they played Penn State at the Pete a few years ago, back in 2019. It didn't quite have the same juice as that Penn State match, but the crowd was into it. There were a ton of students there in the crowd at the Pete, and it just goes to show that the program and the fan attention on pit volleyball 
is just going step by step, little by little. It's not taking any giant Nebraska volleyball, 93,000 people type <laughs> leap uh, that, you know, you would have in your, your wildest dreams. But it's just step by step. The game is growing. The attendance is growing. And just people who you know want to see a successful pit program are realizing you come to a volleyball match, there's a better, uh, probably better than 80, 90% chance for a home match you're going to see a victory. And the word is getting around. Yeah, it's really cool. Maybe someday they'll have the the 90 some thousand fans and, and for uh, for pit volleyball matches we can, but as, at, we can hope as you said it's step by step you get there uh so then after that kentucky the pair of kentucky matches they go to milwaukee they take a trip to the midwest and they play marquette on the road on their home court Mil- uh, marquette ranked 24th in the country and pit volleyball swept them a clean sweep. What does that say about this program that not only are they able to beat Kentucky back to back home and away, but then they go to unfamiliar territory. They go to Milwaukee and they sweep a ranked Marquette squad. Well, it says a lot, Corey, particularly because as you mentioned, this is unfamiliar. It was one of their first true road tests of the season. And not only were they, swinging well as they had all year and and doing well offensively they held Marquette off the board very well Uh, Marquette ended the match with just an 050 hitting percentage and if you think about it like batting average you you never want an 050 batting average so they they were able to make quick work of the Golden Eagles and it just goes to show that Dan Fisher the head coach knows how to build this out-of-conference schedule in such a way that he's putting his team into situations that are against quality opponents, teams that make the NCAA tournament year after year, and yet it's not too big for them. And in fact, Pitt handled it again clinically in the same way that they did against Kentucky the previous week. Um, they're, They're able to show early on in the season they can go on the road and they can not only take care of business, but do it resoundingly with sweeps on the road and that's really really encouraging to see absolutely and as you said it's it's pretty incredible to see how they are challenging themselves and this this is not i think what it says about the program in terms of just pure scheduling is that they're so confident in their ability that this isn't about them trying to just get as many wins as they can against weaker opponents and get into the NCAA tournament and then see what happens. This is a team that knows they're going to make the NCAA tournament and they know they'll be one of the top teams in the country. They have moved the goalposts to winning a national championship. And they know that the best way to do that is to have your squad face incredibly tough competition all season long, if possible. And so that's what they're doing. And it's pretty amazing that a pit program has gotten to this point that again, they're not just trying to make it into the tournament or maybe, you know, make a run in the ACC. This is a team that is confident, rightfully so that they are one of the top programs in the country. They're going to make the tournament. They're almost definitely going to make a pretty deep run. And so how can they best set themselves up to go as far in that tournament as possible when they're facing tough competition week in, you know, multiple times a week, week in, week out. And this schedule seems to the just the scheduling itself seems to highlight that. And then also how they're performing against the schedule, I think says some great things about this squad that they've been handling this competition so well. 
You're exactly right, Corey. And I'll add to it that people who are less familiar with the volleyball side, but maybe more with men's basketball, can think about it as in the same way as a, a men's basketball team wants to schedule those teams where they can get possibly quad one, quad two, even to a lesser extent, quad three victories to improve that resume for March Madness. Volleyball is very similar. They look and see who has been in the tournament in years past, who is probably going to be an RPI top 50 team, an RPI top 25 team. They know what the selection committee is going to be looking at. And even more so for volleyball, where we've spoken in the past about being top four overall and possibly having home court advantage all the way through to the final four, or even below that, just being top 16 and having home court advantage for the first two rounds of the tournament. Head coaches know this. They want to schedule around that. And for Pitt, it's, it's become, just like you said, not about just racking up wins and trying to get to maybe 28, 29, 30 wins, but having a resume that puts you right among those top four teams in the country when it comes to the end of the year. That's exactly where you want to be. And right now, Pitt is on its way to doing that. Absolutely. It's been an incredible start after uh, just one brief loss to start out early in this year. And then just to round out the matches since we last recorded, then they went to Chicago and they they got to have a little road trip, see the Windy City, and they uh, faced Loyola Chicago. Not much of a surprise there that Pitt was able to sweep Loyola. No, they they got a nice tour of the city uh, the day before from Chicagoland native Cat Flood. There's a fun video showing them going yeah, around it was a great video. The, the loop, the lakefront shows how uh, connected this, this team is. And they're able to go out and, and enjoy themselves early on in the season. And Loyola Chicago, not too much of a test for them. Uh, that was more of a, you're close by to Milwaukee. Let's get a Sunday match going together. And they, they made pretty quick work. Although I will say Loyola Chicago did put up a fight in the second set. Um, they had, they had a good offense going. So it wasn't a, a complete, you know, dust them off and be on your way. Uh, Loyola Chicago gave them a test, but it wasn't anything more than, uh, than Pitt could handle. And so now they're, they're on their way back home for what's going to be a big weekend of, of matches. Yeah, for sure. And yeah, so just a, an excellent road trip went as well as you could possibly imagine for this Pitt volleyball team. They go to Milwaukee, they handle their business, they go to Chicago, great city to visit this time of year, as you said, oh, yeah. just uh, sort of a, a nice almost a reward because on the court, it wasn't as much of a challenge, as you said, in that one set, Loyola gave them some trouble, but that one wasn't maybe so much about padding the schedule, but more, you're literally going to be driving through Milwaukee anyway, and it's a great city and, and let's do that. And cat floods from there, as you said, it's a great video that they filmed. Highly recommend anyone to, to check that out on pit volleyball social channels. So right now pit volleyball is ranked number eight in the country in terms of your, scope of volleyball because you watch more than just pit you you follow college volleyball very closely would you say that eight is about where pit should be do you think they're ranked a little lower than they should be a little higher does the ranking seem fair what do you think now it's about right there's been times in the past especially the last few years where pit hadn't received the respect that it really deserved partly because it was an up-and-coming program um, that in a coach's poll, maybe not everybody is up to speed on an ACC program being on the upswing. 
Um, the same sort of underrating happened to Louisville. It's happened to Georgia Tech. If you're not one of the prime Big Ten the or Pac-12 schools, yeah. a lot of times you can be underrated. But I think the coaches have caught up, and I think the rest of the volleyball world has caught up, hopefully so, with Pitt making back-to-back Final Fours, that this is a team that's worthy of its top 10 ranking. And it's gone to prove it. As you mentioned, they, they had a trip up first match of the season, neutral site match against BYU. Um, the BYU defense keeping the ball off the floor, the block, it just frustrated Pitt to no end. But ever since, it's been smooth operation, uh, some wins against ranked opponents. And I think what we're going to see over the next couple of months leading up towards NCAA tournament time is some more parity in the top 10 than we usually do. And perhaps the more upsets. We almost saw one Wednesday night with number three, Florida, undefeated, going to their arch rivals, uh, or rather uh, rather Florida State, uh, playing them in Tallahassee. And Florida State took them to the limit, took them to set five and, and nearly pulled up a major upset. And so it just goes to what we've seen throughout the country is that there really is no far and away number one team everybody is vulnerable everybody has a chance to lose on any given night and that is a good sign for Pitt because while you don't want to be number eight in the country when the regular season all shakes out you'd rather be top four number eight is a fine place to be right now because you know there's going to be some losses up above you and if you can take advantage and win the games you're supposed to and keep your head down and just rack up those victories against other ranked opponents you'll start to make your way, inch your way up into that top four spot. And so Pitt is is perfectly fine where they're at, and they'll have the opportunity to move up even this week starting against Oregon. Absolutely a great spot to be right now. And the ACC, as you said, some of these programs that are newer, maybe not traditional Olympic sport powerhouses that don't get the level of respect, or at least takes a while for them to get the level of respect that a lot of, as you said, big 10 schools get in volleyball pack 12. And then even in around Olympic sports, Duke, North Carolina, often way up there. And now we're seeing programs in, in volleyball like Pitt, like Louisville, like Georgia tech really taking a step up. And it's a deep conference. Speaking of the conference, we just saw the, Uh, weekly honors that came out in the ACC. And there were two Pitt Panthers on that list. Emma Monks is the co-defensive player of the week in the ACC. And for the second week in a row, Olivia Babcock is the ACC freshman of the week. She's a player that you talked about uh, a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about Pitt volleyball, just as a preview, who's someone who's going to, to come on this team as a freshman and make an impact. You were talking about her. And out of the gate, She has been incredible. The match against Kentucky, she was amazing. She's got so much power. She's just an incredible freshman. And now back-to-back ACC Freshman of the Week honors. Just a really incredible achievement for Babcock and now for Monks joining here in that uh, that weekly honor roll in the ACC. Yeah, if you haven't watched pit volleyball so far this season and you choose to hop in this coming week, uh, you'll notice Olivia Babcock right away. She is one of those that just, you know, the stats jump off the page, sure. But watching her serve, the jump serve, the power that she puts behind the serves, that's one thing. Uh, The power that she puts behind her swings uh, from the outside, from the left side, 
um, it will be immediately apparent to you that this is somebody who's not only got a lot of talent, got a lot of power, but is already one of the top young hitters in the country. She is not afraid to get at it, be aggressive, but she's also not making the mistakes that you might see from another freshman hitter going too big or over swinging and making too many errors. She is good at directing the ball where she wants it to go on the court. Um, it certainly helps to have a good block in front of you. Certainly helps to have Rachel Fairbanks, a great setter, directing traffic and getting the ball your way and serving it up to you. Um, but it's immediately apparent that Olivia Babcock is going to be one of the contenders for national freshman of the year across the country. And you mentioned Emma Monks as well. She's sort of been a, a revelation. We knew that she was bringing experience as a transfer from Michigan State. She wasn't going to be afraid of any of the competition. She's faced Big Ten teams before. But I've been very impressed at her blocking ability and really losing Bree Kelly, the other uh, middle blocker who came in as a transfer from Florida. I thought it was going to be a bigger step down for Pitt just because she looked so impressive, was so physical at the net, was really making Pitt's front row into something that you had to contend with. And Emma Monks, to her credit, has not been much of a step down. She is sharp defensively. She is strong. She is not going to let a lot of balls get past her. And combined with Chiamaka Wokolo coming back from injury and getting more reps at middle blocker as well, um, there's not a lot of there aren't a lot of spots on the floor where Pitt is weak or below expectations. Everything's starting to click and starting to come together in just a couple of weeks into the season. Absolutely. And it's, as you said, the eye test for Olivia Babcock, it's pretty amazing from, from what I've watched so far this year. As you said, the power, the serve, its it really jumps off the screen, if you will. And uh, it's really exciting to watch. She went to uh, a athletically focused high school, Sierra Canyon, in L.A. that many people are aware of for LeBron's kids going there and other kids. And actually, OK, here's a, here's an interesting tangent off, yeah. you know, Olivia Babcock. Who do you think was more likely to have attended a volleyball match of hers when she was in high school? LeBron James, Scottie Pippen, who sent uh, his his kid there, uh, Will and Jada Smith, uh, who sent uh, their kids there, at least Willow for sure, or uh, the Jenners went there. And so uh, Chris Jenner, who, who do you think was, oh, or Jamie Foxx, Jamie, uh, Jamie Foxx sent his daughter there. <laughs> who do you think was like Jamie Foxx, Will Smith, LeBron, uh, Jenner, oh who, who are you thinking was most likely to roll up to an Olivia Babcock volleyball match? Well, gosh, I don't even know if, if, if any of them maybe had a, a daughter on the volleyball team as well, along with Olivia Babcock. But you know what? I'll, I'll, I'll say that it's LeBron, just because you, you never know with some of these high school schedules. Occasionally, you'll have a gym where it's, you know, one, one side of it is the volleyball match. The other side of it is the basketball game and the JVs going before the varsity. So maybe LeBron and his, uh, his trips there to see his son play would have run into uh, a Sierra Canyon volleyball match. And if he did, he would have seen the, the athleticism and the, the college ability that Olivia Babcock was bringing, even in high school. And, you know, recruiting her, recruiting Tori Stafford, getting Blair Bayless and Heidi Tautua 
altogether was Pitt's first ever top 10 recruiting class. And so it's clear that the talent is there. And I don't think it's going to stop here. I think Pitt, with the national prominence that's now there, and with the promise of a, a new arena, a new state-of-the-art gym that they're going to be playing in starting with the 2025 season, I think that's going to be very uh, – it, it's, it's going to be alluring for a lot of young athletes who want to – join up with a team that not only could they compete for a national championship, but do it in some pretty nice environment that will be coming up soon. Yeah, it's definitely going to help with recruiting when they get all of that up and running. I, I like your justification, by the way, for LeBron. Maybe, maybe we'll get him to tweet about Olivia Babcock like he did Ray Graham those years ago and <laughs> uh, you know get some publicity because, because as you said, watching her, similar, funny enough, when he tweeted about Ray Graham, it's just undeniable the talent that she has. Uh, and it's really exciting to watch as a freshman. So coming up this week, whenever you're listening to this, this Thursday, September 14th, 7 p.m., Pitt has a marquee matchup against 7th-ranked Oregon that is at the Fitzgerald Fieldhouse. James, let's talk about this matchup. What level of expectation should we have going into this one? Oregon, obviously a phenomenal squad maybe the most talented team that they will have played this year. What should we expect to see from this heavyweight bout Pitt versus Oregon in Pittsburgh coming up on Thursday? Well, they're certainly the most talented out of conference team that Pitt will face. And that is certainly scary when they lost another out of conference match to BYU that you look at Oregon and say, Oh, they're even more talented, but they absolutely are. They were one of the best hitting teams in the country a season ago. They're actually only a couple points away from making the Final Four. They almost pulled an upset at Louisville that would have gotten the Ducks a spot in the Final Four instead of the Cardinals. And really, there, there's two players to watch. One of the best young hitters, maybe the best young hitter in the country, uh, Mimi Collier, number 15 for Oregon. She was National Freshman of the Year a season ago, and she certainly deserved it because she was a force to be reckoned with uh, from the outside for Oregon all season long in through into the tournament. And then they added another great hitter. Gabby Gonzalez transferred in from Ohio State. She was all Big Ten second team a season ago. So they will provide the biggest test that Pitt's block and Pitt's defense has seen so far. Can you keep Mimi Collier and Gabby Gonzalez from just racking up the points and get, digging yourselves into a hole too early? And so that will be the matchup to watch is can the pit block and the pit defense really subdue, keep them off the scoreboard as, as best they can and try to give your hitters the ability to get the jump on Oregon. I'm hoping that it'll be one of those Fitzgerald Fieldhouse crowds that big, loud gets into it on a Thursday night, real opportunity for people to get behind this team it's going to be their first match of the year at the field house and so if if the crowd can get into it early get behind the team it's a it's an Oregon team that they that Pitt was able to beat at the field house a couple of years ago in September very similar matchup a top 10 September battle that Pitt was able to win three sets to one and I'm hoping that this will be in a similar vein even though a lot of the players have changed uh, since they last met, that we we end up with similar results. Well, it's it's definitely an exciting matchup. I think it's going to tell us a lot 
about this squad and where they stand in comparison to this program that, as you said, is is another phenomenal program, one of the best in the country. Talk about recruiting and facilities, Oregon, with all that Nike money way up there. And, uh, yeah, it, it's it's really going to be exciting. Uh, again, wherever you're listening to this, folks, September 14th, Thursday, 7 p.m. at the Fitzgerald Fieldhouse, going to be an absolutely incredible matchup. And if you're Pitt, you're hoping this is, as you said, a, a raucous atmosphere. It's not at the Pete, so this can be a packed house where th- this is intimate. You are right there, and it can get loud in there when it's packed. And so they're certainly hoping that this is going to be, as, as you said, just a, a thunderous home crowd for the Panthers. Not only can it get loud, it can get hot, <laughs> no air conditioning, <laughs> it can get uncomfortable. I. I know there have been times where the road teams have even complained that this is not a a comfortable environment. This is not where we should be playing top flight volleyball. And maybe that's true. And we'll see that rectified with the new gym in a couple of years. But for now, it's a home court advantage that Pitt has certainly capitalized on the last few years. Rare has there been a match at the field house that they've lost. And I'm just hoping and I'm, feeling pretty confident that that will continue this week. I was going to say, so what's, what's your confidence level going into this one? And, and is this, do you think this may maybe a five set match or do you think if Pitt wins, maybe they can handle it in, in three or four? I'm hoping that it will be a four just because you never want to see a five set match. So at, at a scale of one to 10 on confidence, I'd probably put it at around a six or a seven. Um, mostly because they've, Pitt has looked so sharp over the last few matches. They fixed a lot of the issues that they put out in the in the BYU match, um, especially offensively. They've just looked sharp. They've been able to terminate and end points quickly. And the hope is that the offense can continue that against Oregon, where really Oregon's strength is on the attack. It is not defensively. Um, it could be one of those matches where there's a lot of quick points because you've got such great hitters on either side. But I've, I've got the confidence against Oregon. And I, I want to say, you don't want to look past James Madison, who they play Saturday. Um, I know Pitt fans are rightly going to be focused on the, the football game Saturday night. I, I got no qualms about that. But James Madison is another team that made the tournament last year. It's another team that is top 25 caliber and in fact already has a a top 25 win this year they swept western kentucky in a neutral court match so it's it's not like james madison is some mid-major that Pitt's just going to roll over that will be a tough test as well but if if Pitt can roll through the weekend with wins against oregon james madison then high point on sunday then you're looking at a team that is well equipped to go up against any team in the country and we'll be doing so with a, a nice record to head into conference play. Well, exciting times ahead, exciting matches ahead for Pitt Volleyball as they look to continue this winning streak that they have been on. Uh, James Santelli, thank you so much for joining us in another episode of Olympic Gold and Blue, talking all things Pitt Volleyball. Please tell the listeners where they can find you, follow you, and uh, and what, whatever you're you're working on. Absolutely. Well, you can find my volleyball thoughts on Twitter slash X. I'm at James Santelli. And I'd be remiss if I didn't mention my day job, which is 
spokesperson for the Allegheny Regional Asset District. We've got rad days going on across Allegheny County, free events all over the place, uh, all the way through October 17th. So check out radworkshere.org. All sorts of events from concerts to free museum admissions to behind the scenes tours. Really think there's something for everybody. So check out radworkshere.org and see where you can find a free event and book your tickets today. Really cool, uh, everything that's happening in Allegheny County. James Santelli, again, thank you so much for joining me on this episode. Uh, We will be back later this week with an episode of Panthers Preview. We'll be back next week with Football Unscripted with another episode of Olympic Gold and Blue talking pit soccer. And just so much content here on the Pit Talk Network. Please, wherever you listen to podcasts, subscribe to Pit Talk Network, and you will get all the episodes downloaded right to you whenever they drop. But again, uh, new episodes of Olympic Gold and Blue midweek every week here on the Pit Talk Network. Uh, You can also find us on Twitter at Pit Talk Network. I'm on Twitter at Corey E. Cohen. And uh, tell your friends that uh, watch Pit Volleyball, care about Pit Volleyball, uh, that uh, if they want some content, we've got James Santelli uh, throughout this season and uh, and really looking forward to talking more pit volleyball throughout the rest of this year. Again, until next time, here on the Pit Talk Network, I'm Corey Cohen signing off.